1: Welcome back Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I am Seth Leapson, Mr. Bill to my right, David Dahl in front of me, Terry behind him. Welcome all. We psychologize and medicalize everything today, don't we? We plaster the phrase gender dysphoria on children who may be nothing more than curious or expressive about gender and sex roles. We rush to treat poor eating and physical habits and behavior in our youth and adult populations with drugs because we will call them pre-diabetic and postulate other diagnoses. We're over-medicalizing lack of focus and self-control in our youth by labeling them disorders that catalyze the prescriptions of drugs, including amphetamines. And we may be confusing clinical depressions with ordinary sadness or unhealthy lifestyles or simply bad thinking. Illegal drug use is now substance use disorder. It used to be substance abuse. Then it became substance abuse disorder. But now we take out the prefix ab-ab to take away the negative connotation and just call it a use disorder, not an abuse disorder. I don't know why the word disorder is still around, other than to medicalize it and move the behavioral mode of change into the more psychological or psychiatric, in other words, to take away the volitional aspects. But my guess is that, in all sincerity, within the next five years, the word disorder will no longer be the state of the taxonomy of what we used to call illegal drug use. Which all gets me to Dan Henninger in today's Wall Street Journal. To quote Humpty Dumpty, courtesy of Lewis Carroll, here's a good and new knockdown word for you: emotional dysregulation. It used to be called lack of impulse control, or just poor manners, or sometimes even arrested development. But let me quote Dan Henninger from his piece in the journal, and keep this in mind as you may consider some of my previous laments about adult mental health issues or. As Adam Carolla once put it, COVID took out a lot of people, most of them still alive. OMG! When did America's epidemic of over-the-top behavior start? The U.S. has always been a producer of extroverts, but how all of a sudden have we become engulfed with people, events, and images of unrestrained excess? Conventional wisdom holds that Joe Biden scratched out his 2020 win because a national vote was the only way the American people could say they wanted to return to normal after absorbing both the pandemic and the 45th presidency. Normal? Today, nothing is normal in the most vaguely agreed on sense of that much loved condition. Instead, the word most people use to describe almost anything in the news these days is crazy. Let's forget for a moment that the craziness includes having a U.S. president who doesn't know Egypt from Mexico. A larger question remains. What about us? Members of Congress, protesters in the street, TikTok videos, mindless shooters, even golf tournaments. Something in the culture misfits has convinced many that Americans want nonstop, over-the-top acting out. And so it is everywhere. Acting out is associated with young children or teenagers who do so because they haven't developed self-control. But increasingly, acting out has become the norm for, I use the term loosely, adults. It used to be possible to tell people to grow up. Now their goal in life is to grow down. Medicine has a theory to describe the behaviorally challenged and its emotional dysregulation. In a world seeking explanation for what the heck is going on, This will be my go-to answer, emotional dysregulation. The Cleveland Clinic provides a definition. Emotional dysregulation is a brain-related symptom. That means you have trouble managing your feelings and emotions. It's often a sign of conditions that affect your brain or differences in how your brain developed or works today. Note the suggestion that emotional dysregulation involves a basic rewiring of the human brain. If this is true... Our idea of what is normal may be history. The dysregulated barbarians are finally over the gates. Political protesting has become mostly a tantrum. Anti-Israel protesters threw paint on the lions in front of the New York Public Library. They glued themselves to the street to stop real children from watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Last week, Brown University students went on a hunger strike because the trustees refused to talk to them about Gaza. One can see them 15 years ago telling their mothers, I won't eat it. I hate you. Henninger provides a series of other examples, and we can add more, including the way people dress and comport themselves, sometimes in burlesque and animal clothing and makeup, to caterwall in the original sense of that word, at city council and school board meetings, or in the main areas of grocery and department stores. It's all one big society of things falling apart. The falcon not recognizing the falconer. Henniger concludes saying, Trying to discover how we arrived here, most roads lead back to social media, a world of relentless, uncountable acts of self-exaggeration. A friend recently suggested that many people no longer have any idea how to just be, formerly known as behave. And there's something to that as there is to my use of the word society just a couple moments ago. The maintenance of social order based on polite or friendly human relationships or what Aristotle told us was the first duty of the rational man in forming a community in the first book of his Politics. Friendly human relationships, though, it's a phrase I want to spend a second on in the context of another book of Aristotle's in his Nicomachean Ethics. There he writes that Where there is friendship, there is no need for justice. The reverse is not true, he tells us. Even the just need friends. But justice is what is necessary when we act unfriendly to one another. And it's justice to do, of course, two things. One, sanction bad behavior in the hope of reforming it. And two setting down, marking down, planting the guidelines and guardrails of what good behavior is, what what is expected of us and our fellow members of society, or the polis, establishing navigational beacons in life, if you will. Well, this has all come apart at the seams, and it's all come apart, it seems, polite, normal, or even just decent behavior. The ethics of a rowdy pro-wrestling audience now can be expected at golf tournaments. As but one example, art galleries can find classic and famous works of art defaced as a matter of protest. People can be harassed for just being people. Racial epithets are screamed. So, too, is it true of political epithets? And more and more violence is seen being done to one another and ourselves, also known as self-harm. And it's not just the youth. And the industry of psychologizing all of this is to soothe the sanctioning of it, take away individual responsibility and the aim to guide us all to norms, which means normalcy, and now puts us all in a new normal we're getting used to, that used to or would have been described as frenzy, except now we normalize and detoxify even that frenzy, freneticism, the abnormal, whereby, for example, we might once have guided people to Get a hold of themselves, to get a grasp, to cool it, to check yourself before you wreck yourself, or find some impulse control. That's what we used to say. It's now not your fault, for you suffer emotional dysregulation. We now have a medical term for it. We have now medicalized it, and yep, you guessed it. Not only is it a condition, there is a medicine for it. Would you like some Soma with your coffee? Aldous Huxley might have asked. Or rather, might we think about this new world being not so brave after all? Might we think about the newness of our times, once again, with an older and better and healthier view of things that is not so normal as we see it today? The new normal, in other words is the new unhealthy. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. This is one of those times I really just get chills in this job. Um, the man I am... Pleased to reintroduce you two on this show. I have been following for 50 years the Arizona official state balladeer, Dolan Ellis. Dolan, welcome back to the show, sir.
0: Thank you, Seth. I I got a kick out of the muggy on monster that you put up there.
1: Well, there's a reason for that, sir. Yesterday, as we were celebrating our state's birthday, uh, my producer, who we call Young David... Um, I had him play much of your music because what's better on Arizona's birthday oh. than to play Dolan Ellis music? And um, I told him a, I love Sasquatch lore and I told him about your song and the Mogion monster and he said the Mogion monster can't possibly exist. So, um, I thought I'd have you set him straight a little bit.
0: What <laughs> We're going to have to get that boy educated. That's all there is to
1: it. We certainly are. Uh, he was delighted to learn about. He's He loves old stuff. I was telling him about your career, um, starting with the new Christie Minstrels, if I'm not mistaken. And what a great collection of artists that was. Kim Carnes, Kenny Rogers, Barry McGuire, and one of the founders just passed, Randy Sparks, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right?
0: Yeah, Randy Sparks was our leader, and uh, 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 coincidentally, I'm sorry to have to announce that that uh, Randy passed away yeah. two days ago.
1: Yeah, loss, huge loss, yeah, tremendous loss. But you you did great yeah. work with the New Christie Minstrels, and uh, it, yeah, go we ahead.
0: enjoyed uh, we enjoyed a great success with that group. It was a lot of fun.
1: How did you get from there to Arizona?
0: Actually, I was in Arizona okay. uh, before then, and living. I had a home here, and uh, uh, I was uh, uh, kind of a uh, itinerant uh, folk singer. I was uh, working coffee houses and folk clubs west of the Mississippi, and uh, I had met Randy and uh, Randy Sparks uh, three uh, uh, numerous occasions at different clubs that I was working, and sometimes we'd work together, and sometimes uh, you know we'd just be in the same area. And when he was putting the group together, he uh, wrote me a letter and uh, uh, wanted to know if I wanted to throw my hat in the ring. And I said, "Yeah, that 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 sounds really interesting." <laughs> so I I took a chance with it and uh, turned out really well.
1: Were you playing a twelve stringer then in those days, or did that come later?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, I think I I, I went with the twelve string just as I was going into the new Christy Mistral. Okay. okay. Uh the uh, recording Walk Right In, yep. Sit Right Down. Yep. Uh you know, uh that that really uh became a huge hit and it made the twelve string a very popular uh instrument. And uh and uh, I decided to go with the 12-string at that time.
1: And you've been with it your whole life. I, I go to a lot of musical venues. You, I don't see it that often. Is it more popular in the kind of folk music or country uh, style that you do? Or, yeah. Or, yeah, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, it was popular in the folk era, and it was Huddy uh, Leadbetter, Leadbelly, a yep. uh, blues singer out of the 20s and 30s that, um, uh, that made it popular and then uh and then it really got popular after uh the walk right in recording and uh it's still it went on to into folk rock a little bit uh and then uh i don't think uh you see it that much anymore i but don't it's, it's a wonderful instrument
1: yeah and you're nimble as all get out with it um let me take you down memory lane a little further if i can mr ellis dolan if i might uh the first time I interacted with you was nineteen seventy five. Uh you had a nightclub in Old Town Scottsdale. Was it called the Tuba City Truck Stop? What did you call your nightclub back then?
0: Yeah. It was called the Tuba, Tuba City uh, Truck Stop and Country Club.
1: You got yes, that's right, and Country Club, and you yep. had uh, a meal and a show, and you had. By the way, you had great barbecue beef ribs. You can't find barbecue beef ribs very many places. I remember I, I I got the barbecue beef ribs, and then my parents took me into the to the musical venue where you where you gave the show that night, and I was always a little weirdo as a kid, Dolan, and you introduced a song. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, and you introduced a song. Said, this one is called therapeutic four wheel drive. I see some young faces in the audience tonight. Does anyone know under the age of 15 what therapeutic means? And up my hand went, and I said, It's like medicine, something that makes you feel good. And you said, Buy that man a Coke. That was our first interaction, 1975, sir. And I've loved you ever since
0: i uh i'm sorry i don't quite remember That's that okay. so that uh, surprised me at all
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to think maybe i was the only only uh wh- how- however old i would have been <laughs> who who got that answer right but your biggest hit was probably tuba city truck stop right who's going to run the truck stop yeah, in Tuba City?
0: It, yeah and then also leroy van dyke uh put it on the top charts for me as well and uh, was up there for a while and in fact as I talked to Leroy just a couple of months ago I guess it was two three months ago he's now 91 I think and he's still performing still still touring. Wow I love it but
1: music keeps it's, you
0: young doesn't for it? For your listeners yeah. for your listeners that might, might be too young for that he's the guy that did the uh, auctioneer song yes that it was huge I mean yes. it sold millions and yes. millions of copies
1: yes 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 but music musicians they stay young music keeps you young doesn't it Dolan
0: well I, I kind of think so um, I'm knocking on wood as I uh, as I say that I'm I'm next month I'm going to turn 89 oh, God and, bless you. Uh, I'm I you know uh, Seth? I always thought of my my voice would leave me. Uh, I thought I'd kind of get the old man voice, you know, get the hoo hoo hoo, hoo. <laughs> My voice has my voice has stayed really well, but what left me was my ears. Uh, I uh, I I can cannot, you know. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty deaf these days.
1: <laughs> well, you're in good company. Um, I'm losing my hearing. You know who lost their hearing the other? I was just watching. He just put out an album too. Uh, he must be around, uh, just m- not that much uh, younger than you. Paul Simon, he went deaf. Uh, yeah, that... I know.
0: I've been watching yeah. his progress.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, he's he is. Uh, yeah, he's lost his hearing in in his left ear, I think. Uh, yeah, one mine's ear. Yeah, mine's a little
1: yeah. different. Yeah,
0: mine's yeah. a little different, and that is that my, the hairs inside of my ears that that that, that pick up the vibration yeah. and take them to your brain. Yeah, they got to worn out, kind of like an old brush. Yeah, and uh, and they don't uh, deliver uh, accurate information anymore. So. Makes it a little tough when you hit a C chord on the guitar and you start singing in B. You know,
1: it, it <laughs> Maybe we need you like a cappella. <laughs> Maybe we need you. Well, Dolan Ellis, I just it was so good to be in touch with you. You're such a good sport to call in. You know I love you. Uh, I want to tell well, people they you. can go to your website and get your music, dolanellis.com. Just God bless you, sir, no. and keep and, on trucking. Yeah.
0: And, 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 and tell the young david that the muggy monster lives thank you <laughs> thank you actually the muggy monster is a it was i think it was created by the boy scouts of america <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's up on the muggy rim up uh, up above payson and um and it's uh, this 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 month they they used to uh, 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 tell stories about the mobile monster and 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 scare all the all the young scouts uh, so that they slept with one eye open in the flashlight i love it
1: i love you sir thank you sir <laughs> uh, he was just a huge part of my growing up Dolan Ellis, God bless him. God bless you. 89 years old, retired now, but Dolan Ellis, you can get his music on his website. Um, and uh, dolanellis.net, uh, I believe it is. Let me double check so I give you the accurate information. Uh, yeah, dolanellis. Uh, New Christie Minstrels, David. That's a hell of a group to be part of. Sorry, dolanellis.com. That's a hell of a. Group. When you think about the kinds of people that were part of it, you know, Kim Carnes, Kenny Rogers. Speaking of Kenny Rogers, of whom there is a picture at the Dirty Drummer, the Dirty Drummer favorite joint, the Dirty Drummer Instagram page now put up a picture of your car.
2: Would you believe that? I I was very pleasantly surprised in checking uh, their Instagram page. If you go to their up-and-coming at the Dirty Drummer, they have a picture of my car on the 10th slide.
1: Fantastic.
2: Yeah, a 1981 Chrysler Imperial kind of fits that time period, if it, you will. It certainly does.
1: And one of our listeners <clears throat> sent us a Twix with an ad for that car. as an it, it, Chrysler did the ad. It was an interview between Leah Iacocca, the chairman of Chrysler, and the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, right? Do
2: you know what I love about that ad?
1: It's your car.
2: Well, not only that. It's Frank Sinatra, and he's talking about how much he wants to support American industry in a time yeah. during the malaise era, yeah. the Jimmy Carter yeah. era, when yeah. times were tough. And yeah. if you know the real story behind the car, Frank Sinatra worked for a dollar, for right. his good buddy, Lee Iacocca, right. promoting this car. Mm-hmm. He got the first car that they made, the first Frank Sinatra Imperial, as a gift. But he promoted this car for $1 because he truly believed in American industry and supporting American automotive design.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a what a legend. What a legend. And uh, both Frank Sinatra and Dolan Ellis. Um, in any event... Uh, Fannie Willis in the news, Um, she's the uh, district attorney in uh, Fulton County, Georgia, who's going after Donald Trump, and uh, turns out this has been a theme for much of the week, the notion of unclean hands, the notion of, um, I guess in modern parlance or colloquialism, you might say those in glass houses shouldn't cast stones. Uh, all kinds of uh, financial irregularities and grift emanating from an improper relationship she had with the lead prosecutor in her office. She was put on the stand today in Fulton County uh, Superior Court to address all this because uh, she may have to drop the case or disqualify herself or the judge may order the case be um dismissed or that she be disqualified from continuing to prosecute it uh based on her behavior and i'll tell you the interesting thing to me about this um the interesting thing to me about this is you have perhaps the most important case in the country, if not the world, that you've decided to bring. By the way, no one told you you had to bring it. It may have been encouraged. She may have gotten campaign contributions encouraging it, supporting the notion. But there was no mandate for her to bring this. You would think you wouldn't blow it and embarrass the hell out of yourself and your lover who's involved in a divorce case in part because of you over that, wouldn't you think? But this is the lefty mindset. Bill, I got, Mr. Bill, I got this insight from years ago when I read the story about a woman who got run over by a car crossing La Cienega in Los Angeles. She survived, of course, and is fine. But where was she running to? She was running so that she wouldn't be late, running carelessly, recklessly, So that she wouldn't be late to a school board meeting. And the takeaway I got from that is that is the left. They will stampede at breakneck speed. Regardless of any self-awareness. Or anything outside their mission. They are mission focused. And mission driven. I'm not encouraging that we run recklessly into streets, and I'm not encouraging we engage in reckless behavior of any kind. But boy, it would be nice if we had that determination. (laughs) Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. That's the song I got introduced to Dolan Ellis with. We're doing a great event on March 26th, folks, Fighting for Freedom. We're bringing in Mike Gallagher. Brandon Tatum will join us by us. That includes me. The three of us will be on stage talking with you about all the issues in the election coming up, all the, elic- all the issues that are um, in the news. And uh, you can get tickets for this great event, Fighting for Freedom, at 960thepatriot.com, 960thepatriot.com. It's going to be at Arizona Christian University, March 26th. And if you want to enter for a free pair of tickets, we do a giveaway every Friday. But um, you can only win if you enter. If you are uh, interested in that aleatory experiment, all you have to do is email my producer, David Dahl. His email is ddahl at salemphx.com, doll at salemphx.com. And just put Fighting for Freedom or FFF or 3F in the subject line, something like that. Give us your name and we'll enter you as a possible winner for a free pair of tickets. For the rest of you, not into the aleatory exercise of... Getting your tickets, you can buy them at 960thepatriot.com. All right, let's go to Rick in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hi
3: there, Seth. Good to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. That was a wonderful serendipity, your uh, visit with uh, Dolan Ellis.
1: Well, it might be a stretch on the word serendipity. Um, Oh. Young David uh, yesterday was uh, derogating the potential of there being such a thing as the Mogion Monster when we yeah, were playing yeah. Dolan Ellis music so uh, after my uh, early morning constitutional with Dagny the Wonder Dog it dawned on me why don't I have Dolan call in and Give oh. young David a little schooling. It's been a while since I talked to him anyway, and he yeah. is a treasure. He's just Well,
3: a I, it was a treasure. Uh, a gold nugget in, uh, in the day of Thursday. Yes, thank Say, you. Say, uh, I have one unserious question and one serious question, but before that, may I suggest a title for your great monologue? Oh, sure. The Unraveling of America.
1: Okay, you got it. Unraveling uh, of America. That's how. Yeah. We'll, that's how we'll...
3: That was that was a terrific dialogue.
1: Thanks.
3: Sad, uh, you know, a uh, uh, sad situation. But uh, thank you for a terrific dialogue. So, my unserious question. I know this is not Friday, but you know I follow you pretty closely, Seth. Yes, sir. And so I have a question for you from my sister. Okay. She thinks you're pretty good looking.
1: So, uh-huh.
3: rather than giving her your phone number, she asked me to get your
1: bank account number. Yeah, you like that, huh? <laughs> you, you like that. She'd be more impressed probably with my phone number. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah,
3: but what a great what a great ad you got going there. Yeah,
2: what is it, David? What is the ad? Was it we That's were just our Valentine's Day special. I'm sure it'll we disappear were, after this week.
1: We were just messing around one day. We what made
2: did, that a year ago or more.
1: What did I say?
3: Yeah,
2: I've heard it a bunch of Next times. Next time you ask a girl out, don't just, ask for her social. Don't security just ask for her
1: number. number. Ask for her social security number. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's what I said. <laughs>
2: yeah, but that's that's a year or more old now. Yeah, we just brought it out. We of We just the, brought
1: it out of retirement. You know. Oh, okay. We yeah. yeah. Like Disney does. <laughs> yeah. We pulled it out of the vault. Yeah, we pulled it out <laughs> yeah. of the vault. I'm glad you found well, it. Well, I I follow you pretty closely. Well, there was a point behind it. You know, you yeah. go and you go and introduce yourself to someone you. You want to tip your hat, to and uh, have her cast her hat towards you. And, you know, they're used to probably all the usual, what are they called, come on lines or pick up lines. Yeah. You know, can I have your number? They're probably pretty used to that. So give them something they're not expecting is what I say. There there you go. There you go.
3: (laughs) The question is, how many times uh, have you done that and how many times has it worked?
1: Never once done, which probably explains... (laughs) <laughs> lack of success i don't, I, well, I don't know well, how to answer that question worked. i've never done <laughs> okay. i've never done it I've never okay done it. okay they say well, the coach doesn't have to do the exercises of the team he just has to know what he's talking about right? good
3: point okay. good point okay. yeah well thanks for some good laughs but bet now you. i have something sure serious. sure
1: but can you wait because i got to take a commercial oh. break sure uh, sure all right you bet. we'll do that when we come right back we'll pick up what you wanted to put down more seriously and i'll put in a word hey
2: where are you going uh, well, I am i don't know. I don't know where you're going. How much time do I have? You've got about four and a half minutes.
1: Well, there you go. I, I got so Twitterpated by Rick's question that I lost oh track of all time. I, of all my time here. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You have wow. plenty of time. Do you know where the word Twitter-pated comes from, by the way? Are you speaking to me or Everyone, yeah. Anyone who oh, wants I to haven't. weigh in. It's interesting. It, it comes from the, I af- don't know. Yeah, the aforementioned Disney They used it. They invented it in uh, in in the movie Bambi, where Bambi is wondering why the birds are um, falling in love and you know chirping at each other. And uh, one of the animals, maybe his mom or maybe whoever the skunk was, says, "Well, they're twitter-pated." That's where the word comes. Maybe the owl says that they're twitter-pated. Yeah, Twitter means. Many things, but it's like a bird, and "pate" means head, you know. So they're 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 losing their heads over one another in love. That's where Twitter well, pated comes from.
3: Well, it's good it came along back then because if it came along nowadays, it would be expated, wouldn't? Yeah,
1: it? something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother, give me your serious question. What do we got?
3: Okay, the serious question, Seth, uh, is: Have you been following the scary developments going on in the Ari- our Arizona education system? One. In Mesa, uh, I heard a report in the last day or two that apparently one of the schools over there has been transitioning kids and not talking with their parents or giving that information to their parents. Yeah, there's an Arizona school
1: counselor there who has, uh, yeah, who's been. on the pronoun stuff, keeping it from parents. And, and yes, some of this, uh, for the secret transitioning, I saw a story on that at the Arizona free press or something and era. Yeah. America first legal, I think is doing a lawsuit on it. And Arizona women of action are talking good, about good. it. Yeah. 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 You bet.
3: Okay. Well, uh, thank you for, for dealing with that. Yeah. The second question is this, uh, down in tucson yes, a yes grade school have you
1: heard about this story are you talking about rachel dolezal or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. people they, she's back they, i guess they fired her but she was man who knew she was here who knew that the call was was coming from within the house it reminds me of when patricia coulures had a teaching appointment appointment at prescott college who knew who knew yeah, yeah. Know, Arizona is such an attraction for these progressive weirdos yeah you know?
3: yeah well and and whatever happened to the old uh, you know background check deal
1: well I mean, you know don't... what they may not care Rick. yeah well they may not. not care you know these administrators are as goofy as these teachers are
3: yeah sadly yeah, sadly sadly well I'm glad Tom horn is in charge of the thing and I'm I'm very thankful for the some of the changes he's making and some of the other groups that we have working way on that yeah, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, Arizona Women of Action are huge champs. They're they're really wonderful and Tom And thank Horn, you yeah. for Yep.
3: And thank you for your voice in in all of
0: that too, Seth.
1: Bless you, Rick. God bless thank you.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. Bless you. you.
1: Thank you.
2: I like that. What is that? This is the Honky Tonk Blues by Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, let's keep it. Oh yeah, me too. I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah, good work. We this love is Hugh that Lewis. album I was telling you about the other day. Sports. Yeah, that was his 1983. His big, his big breakout big moment.
1: Big breakout moment. God, what a great album. What a great musician.
2: And I play this because you and I knocked into each other at a honky tonk last night.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Portions of the show brought to our good friend. We did, didn't we? Well, I, accidentally. we accidentally yeah. bumped
2: into each other at a honky tonk. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Welcome. Back. <laughs> um, portions. Identity, uh, let me let me pay the bills here. <laughs> we thank our friends at Y Refi for sponsoring portions of this show. They have a great investment for you in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you can have total peace of mind. There's no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. Of course, there are absolutely no fees. You're in control you can turn your income on or off compound it whatever you like and best of all you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve 10.25% fixed rate of return from Y-Refi check them out at investyrefi.com that's invest the letter Y then R-E-F-Y dot com or call them at 888-Y-Refi24 you can also visit them they are headquartered here they're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix you won't get a sales pitch they leave that up to me you won't be asked to sign a thing And if you don't visit them, check them out online, investyrefi.com. Education is everything, you know, per Rick's call. Um, Civilization, H.G. Wells said, is a constant race between education and catastrophe. Civilization is a constant race between education and catastrophe. Who's winning that race, would you guess right now, Mr. Bill? You want to put a bet down on education or catastrophe? What's the over or under that catastrophe is losing that race? Not very Not very good. Not very good. Um, and that's why education is everything. That's why all the great philosophers focused on it, from the ancient times till now. Whether you were talking Plato or whether we're talking Aristotle, it's why the Bible focuses on it? Teach your children well is not just a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song. It comes from somewhere, the Bible. Um, the protection of the youth. The protection of the youth. See what the Bible says about what you do to people who abuse our children. If you need a hint, just check out the word millstone. All right. Sam Stone's coming up. We're going to talk about education. We'll be right back.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency,
1: knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He
0: ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn.